0: Welcome to The Empathetic Man. My name is Sethi Hillier and I'm joined with Namesh Gupta and together we are going to help explore how you as a man can be more empathetic. Each week we are gonna dive into a topic that may relate to your relationship with your spouse, your kids, or just life in general. We are looking forward to your engagement and your feedback so let us know through your comments what other questions we can tackle and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hey guys, Sethi and Namesh, back here at Empathetic Man, and this week we want to go a little bit deeper into the parenting world because again we like to talk about various topics, and both Namesh and myself are fathers, and you know we're in the thick of it. We have young kids, uh, growing kids, and so we're trying to really kind of make sense of all this. Uh, We're both married with, um, you know, our our partners, and and you know this creates a lot of different just dynamics, right? Like how how we as men approach kids and how our wives approach the kids and how we approach kids together. And so the topic of today was going to be about how, you know, as a, a dad and and, and and for the moms who are listening to this as well, how you guys can work together or pr- support each other so that ultimately you can parent together more effectively. Because, you know, there's our, there, there's definitely those moments when like you're with the kids solo or vice versa and you kind of have to figure out how to do it on your own. But there's also a lot of moments when you're there together. And I've I've personally felt experiences where I was struggling to work in tandem. And as a result, it made the experience a little frustrating. And I kind of would think in my mind like, man, like (laughs) I'm just so much better on my own where I really don't want to feel like that. I want to be able to feel comfortable kind of solo, but I also want to be able to feel comfortable as a group. And there was a situation that happened this weekend with another couple that I kind of observed. And it just got me thinking like, I feel like this is a really common thing. Um, and, I, and I think that we are, there's maybe some ideas that we can kind of share with each other. So before going into the example and scenario, that's kind of the, the thesis of the topic. I wanted to get your thoughts on it, Dimash, and, and I'm sure you may have some also ideas on kind of how this has affected you. And I'd love to hear that.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a real topic that all couples go through. And I think the best way to kind of suss this out is to to define or identify what the example is, and then we can use that um, to really unpack what our uh, corresponding perspectives are. So go for it.
0: Perfect. Okay, so here's the situation. You know, we had some, actually a, a number of couples at the house over the weekend. And, um, you know, again, we have three kids all six and lo- and under. And then <clears throat> there was two other couples, both with single kids. Um, and, and, you know, the, 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 husbands and wives were both, both there and everyone's kind of doing their own thing, making food, hanging out, socializing. And at one point um, I could see, and uh, this one couple had uh, their, I want to say that it's maybe about a year and a half year old son. And he uh, took a nap at our house and so he kind of woken up so he was starting to feel a little bit refreshed comes out he's kind of playing with the mom they're having a good time and then I could see the mom's like she wants to do something like she wants to kind of help in the kitchen or do something like else so um, she ends up kind of starting to walk away and the uh, her son is getting fussy you know and doesn't want her to leave starting to cling to her and so then um, she kind of sees me and she sees her husband and Kind of, I think like, hey, you know, guys, can you like help me out? And so obviously like her husband kind of gets involved and he's kind of hanging out and I'm trying to like, you know, entertain and make music or whatever. Um, and she walks off and literally just walks off like 20 feet away. And it's just like the the floodgates, the te- tears of cry. She's the whining, the tears and all this stuff. And I can see in that moment, like, you know, this child obviously just wants, you know, that safety and security of the mom and the dad's there and you know obviously well more than capable um, but something's just not gelling and at one point you know I get this kind of stare from the dad like you know just this kind of frustrated look like oh, you know like I hate when the baby does this like I you know I wish I could just also have the same effect as my wife and I don't want to read too much into it but I just kind of felt like I was seeing that and a few moments go by and it, you know it just wasn't it wasn't improving. And so finally the mom comes back and then things kind of go back to normal. And it's in that moment I start thinking, man, like I totally know that feeling. And I know how demoralizing it can be when you're in a situation where like, you're just trying to help and you're, you're, you're not. And, and I'm trying to figure out in that situation, what could have been done. And so um, before I kind of, kind of get your thoughts on it, I I was going to bring up another topic that also happened that was more kind of closer to home for me, which was um, it was specifically around, I'm trying to remember the setup. Um, I'm losing it right now. I got to come back to it. But uh, again, I, I think what I'd like to do here, if you don't mind is, you know, that's the scenario that we just laid out this one. And again, I think it's very common. And my thinking in this situation is, is, you know, obviously you could tell the dad like, Hey, you know, well, maybe as you spend more time with the dad, like your, your child or you, you know, and it could be like a, you know, quantity versus quality, right? Like if you're talking about a one-year-old and and they only see their mom, like 80, 90% of the time. And because the dad is wor- busy working, I could see why that might be difficult for the child to like immediately gravitate. Um, but in this situation, I kind of want to also explore are there things that the other parent can do, the mom in this situation, or if roles were reversed, that the other parent can do to help the child you know, in that situation so that ultimately the, the parent who is struggling can feel a little bit more supported, can ultimately kind of get over this hurdle, and that creates that great bond for them, and then also gives that freedom that that initial parent was probably looking for. So I'll kind of stop there.
1: Yeah, so I think it's, a, it's, it's an example that really catalyzes so many issues that, so many real issues that exist individually as parents and collective, collectively as, as couples. And I think the best way for me to, to describe this, and um, then would love to kind of get your perspective on it, and I think you started alluding to this in terms of kind of one spouse Um, really assessing kind of the state of the other spouse, um, which is related to my answer um, or or kind of my assessment of this. But ultimately, I think deep down inside, you know, everyone, among other things, wants to feel uh, capable and they want to feel needed. And the additional two layers, which are even more complex, are those two aspects need to be, real they need to be genuine and they need to be relative they need to be relative to the time that you're looking at it so like people need to genuinely feel like they're capable genuinely feel like they are needed, but they also need to feel those things even after having accomplished something or doing something else because they're back at cloud nine they're they're back from cloud nine and their expectations have reset and that's why you see a lot of folks who have achieved Certain things, um, happy for a bit, and then a few days or a few months later, that second quality or aspect of of relativeness kicks in, and they need to um, feel they need to feel capable and needed again. So we can unpack that um, in a later episode. But I've been really thinking about that particular concept now, as it pertains to this situation. If you think about it. Look at that. Let, let's dissect that situation where my wife is taking care of the kid. She leaves, and then I try to console kid, and kid doesn't um kid doesn't respond. So what I immediately probably start doing is is asking you know the five whys as, as we as you introduced um last uh, last episode. So first you're like you know you start you start trying to figure out like well why is baby doing this? Is it because you know Maybe my spouse didn't let me spend time with her. Maybe it's because the baby doesn't like me. Maybe then it's because I'm not capable of doing it. Maybe it's because I'm not needed, right? Like, and the the first two parts there probably are more questions. I just I just mentioned, you know, why isn't my wife letting me do this? I feel like that typically is like one of the first lines of response where you try to point the finger at at someone else and and deflect what the issue may be and the issue may be that you just haven't had time to spend with them or the issue just may be the baby is in that particular part of his or her life where you know he or she needs mom more so i'm going to pause right there there is a second part of what i wanted to say in terms of a suggestion on how to get around this but again in summary i think this all goes back to when something affects your ability to feel capable and ability to feel needed, you immediately start really uh, spiraling, if you will. And I feel like you go through this, this kind of episode or this process of uh, blaming others and then ultimately um, coming down on yourself. Yeah, and
0: I, I think you're spot on because I do think in these situations... And I could kind of sense in that, in that look that I got from that individual, that kind of, that feeling of somewhat helplessness and that feeling of like, I'm, I'm, I don't, and I don't want to try to, you know, make assumptions and people then internalize that as like, I'm feeling like I'm not needed or I don't matter, but I can see that just that, that situation where you don't feel like you're able to add the quote unquote value of that moment. You're, you're in a situation where you're thinking, oh man, like I can't help and it must be and it could be because of a b c and d and be instead and i and i guess the the goal of this session today or the goal of this episode today is to help people think about like in those moments yet yeah, don't go down the rabbit hole and start to internalize it because i think that is only going to make things worse and at the end of the day like you're you're not going to really improve anything you're just going to kind of it comes like it becomes like a victimization thing right it it's kind of this whole like thing that we talked about last week, like the opposite of like self love, but like kind of like just like a uh, uh, self hate or just kind of self doubt. So um, in that situation, I, I I think what would be great, and I want to hear your kind of response to it too, is is how in that situation can you, as the person who is there, um, not look at it like a deficiency thing, but look at it like who? How can I leverage you know my my partner to to um, to to not like have to not pull them down and to like come down to my level, but to maybe help them like pull me up and and ultimately bring me into a place where I can more effectively interact with my children. And I'll tell you the flip side of this, which I also think is kind of interesting, where in situations where I find sometimes uh, parents will use the spouses against the child, for instance in this is something that I hear people do, and I, I, I really um, struggle with it because I, I'm trying to understand like how it could be good in the long run. But that situation where a child is misbehaving um, or doing something that you don't want them to do, and then in that moment, the parent will say something like, you better knock it off, or I'm gonna tell blah, 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 blah. I'm gonna tell mommy, I'm gonna tell daddy. The reason I don't like that is because one, starts to make that other parent feel as if like, without them even being in the room, like they are now being seen by this child as kind of this, you know, the the judge, the, the enforcer, the executioner, this person who's going to kind of come into the room and swoop things and, and make it like, you know, unpleasant anymore. And I bring that up because again, like I feel like there's different ways to, you know, approach this situation because if you do it in that capacity, you could really create a negative situation for your partner. And if you're in a situation where you're struggling, you can really make it a lot easier on your partner if you can help them through the the situation and kind of remind your child. Now, a one to two-year-old child is so young, you may not even be able to make that impact. But as they get older, three, four, five, six, I mean, you I think it's really important as parents to to take the time to think about this and figure out how can we help each other? How can we have each other's back in these moments so that we can work through that situation? And I never got a chance to talk to this guy afterwards because of just all the other things going on. But I think if I was, I would probably suggest like, Hey, you know, I could sense like that situation felt really difficult because it didn't seem like your son was really um, resonating with you or wasn't like becoming receptive to you. Perhaps this is a conversation that you and your wife can kind of spend some time and think about like in those moments, how can, you know, Hey, maybe you can kind of help me and like fold me into the conversation. So it's like, you're not just going to walk away, but maybe you're playing some board game or you're reading a book with your child and then you bring me into the conversation and then now I'm reading and I'm playing and then you slowly walk away. So there's not this huge, like mom was there. Mom's no longer there. Dad's here. You know what's going on. You know what I mean. So I feel like creating this kind of like soft landing can help in situations like that, and that's just like one approach. But I I, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts because I know you said you had like another um, kind of suggestion.
1: Yeah, and those are that's a that's an interesting perspective, and I think it kind of relates to what I was going to say in terms of two parts. One is so let's play this out. When that instance happens, right? Like can't console your baby, someone else can. Like it's fine. It's it's all good. It's not the end of the world, right? And I think whether it's the man in that situation or whether it's the woman, you got to remind yourself, look, this is not permanent, right? Like this is the state of the union right now. I can learn from it in terms of, hey, maybe, you know, you can kind of look into it in terms of, hey, like I wonder why, you know, baby girl is not, is not, um, I'm not able to console her. Maybe I should try this next time. Or maybe it's because, you know, I have, have been working late the last few weeks, and I haven't been been able to spend time with them. It's fine; nothing's permanent. All of that can change, right? Like a child's love is so so large that you know, in the span of a second, uh, the snap of, the, of, of one's finger, it can it can change. I think the second part, which is I think especially interesting, which you're you're kind of um, bringing up here, is is what the other spouse's role is in this case. So let's just play this out. And let's use, you know, it being the mom who can console and the dad who's unable to, because that tends to happen um, a lot for a variety of reasons. Um, And there's no blame. It's just kind of circumstantial. Now, to your point, like, I've always thought about and look, my marriage is, is by no means perfect. And my parenting style is by no means perfect. And the way that I treat my wife is by no means perfect. But what we and my uh, my wife and I kind of um, try to subscribe to is is parenting being like a team sport. Right? like I played soccer my whole life. and in soccer, you're only as good as most of the time the weakest person on the field. So it was your job to make sure that you not only identified who that weakest person was and or things that they had to work on, but you worked with them to make sure they got to a point where they were good enough so that the whole team wouldn't be lagging. So I was kind of, i try tried to apply that. And I have a twin brother who, you know, we've always applied that to each other, where it's like, if we see one struggling, we try to, to politely point that out and help them get to the point where they are better. So I feel like a marriage is, is especially like that when it comes to parenting, right? I think it's each spouse's role to be cognizant of this stuff. And I know that's extremely difficult. Imagine if this was like, you know, this baby is like six months old, right? Mom is probably going through postpartum, which is a very real issue. Both parents haven't gotten sleep, right? Like it's it's tough to do this. But I do believe it's up to each spouse to to look out for the other. And if the other spouse isn't looking out for the other, then the spouse that's not, that is not being looked out for politely go up to this other spouse and say, Hey, look, I need you to help me out here. And I think in that situation, I don't think there's like, like a specific magic, like solution here, right? Like, even if the mom went, um, even if I, the mom could do maybe specific things where, you know, she could bring the baby, she could come back and she could sit by the dad and, you know, perhaps give the baby encouraging looks and let dad do what he's continuing to do and maybe suggest things without micromanaging until the baby um, consoles, himself. consoles themselves. I think it just takes a very cognizant person to acknowledge when you are not, and I don't want to say weaker because I think that's such a kind of a pejorative term, but like it takes a lot for the spouse to acknowledge when you are not that spouse who doesn't have perhaps the best relationship with the kid and pull the other spouse up to the point where you're at and try your very hardest to get that kid to the point where the kid is with you. Does that all make sense?
0: Yeah. You said a lot of things that I like and um, I'll try to remember some of them, but I, I guess what I'm, my big takeaways, which I definitely agree with is, yeah, I like this kind of analogy around the sports and you kind of are, you know, as you're only as good as like the weakest link. And, you know, I, I definitely don't want people to now take that and think like, okay, well, there's a weak link in the, in my marriage. And like, I have to always call that person out because I, I actually, you know, obviously that's not going to be effective too. And I, and I think that, and I think that link changes, right? Like sometimes it's me, sometimes it's my wife, sometimes and and there is going to obviously be like kind of like delicateness in how you approach it and but it, but it's interesting right it's like you know if there's someone on your soccer team who's not doing well you know if you if you don't address it like you you guys are never going to get better and if you do address and if you address it too too like rough that person's not going to be receptive and then they'll probably continue to be um, you know not good or they may just abandon and so I I think just keeping those things in mind and then saying like, okay, well in this situation, yeah. Like how can you help each other out? Like I, it does sound like this, this, I think in my opinion, kind of only gets better as both parents become more and more self-aware on like their own abilities as well as like awareness of just the, the, the room. Um, And then, yeah, I think in terms of the, the specific tactics, like now, what do you do and how do you actually get that child to kind of be a little bit more um, enjoyable with you know the other people in the room like that's just gonna you know, you know your kids like everyone who, who has kids like they know how their how their kids operate and like they know what works and what doesn't work so I don't think it's really about having to figure out like that specific thing I think it's more about just remembering like if you want like if you know again if you're a mom and you want to take breaks which is totally understandable you're gonna have to think about how you can empower the people around you especially your you know your your partner so that you can let them be with your child even if you're in the room and you can do your own thing and your partner can take care of the kids and there's no tears like it's it's a team effort it's not something where it's like hey you figure it out and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to chat with these my friends so i i just think that's the main thing to remember and i do think in situations like you know again like this has nothing to do with ego like pride needs to be put to the side and and you might be like I know for me like there's definitely been times where and I was trying to remember what I was talking about before like there's there's a situation that like you know kind of happens um more often than not with me and my wife and when and our kids bedtime routine where it's like time to go to bed and you know we've done the dinner we've done the bath we've done the reading and now it's kind of like they want that last few minutes with each of the parents and it's it's we we call it four minutes, even though it never ends up being four minutes. It's like way too long, but at this one particular night, you know, I was actually kind of taking care of our newborn, so I was not even like available, and um, my wife was going to go and spend time with the other two, and you know, there's now two of them, and they're both trying to like divide up my wife, and she's like, well, look, I can only be in one place at one time, and they for some reason wanted like very separated times, and so. I could immediately start hearing the tears. And it's like, well, I want to go and I want, and it's this and that. And I like, remember at one point, like my son who's older kind of saying, well, I asked first and my daughter who's three, she like, you know, doesn't care. Like she has no concept of like who asked first. It's like, I want it. And so now there's all these tears that are happening. And I remember my wife kind of saying, well, you know what? Like, you know, Sean, you asked first, you're the oldest, so I'm going to do it. And it's just like, it just kind of like snowballing and I'm trying to like take care of our daughter. And I just keep hearing this. And now it's like 15, 20 minutes go by and she kind of walks out and she kind of gives me this look. And I'm like, normally I would kind of like chime in and say, Hey, you know what? Like, why don't you do this and this? But that's also kind of like I've gotten bitten in the ass because I've like kind of said more than I should have. So she kind of looks at me and I say, I have a suggestion, but I can tell you, you know, when you're ready. And she kind of of does her own thing. And then anyways, like, literally, like, half an hour goes by. I finally go to the room. I'm like, all right, guys. Like, I've been listening to, like, tears for, like, the last 30 minutes. Like, I think in this situation, like, let's just, you know, give Ariana the time that she needs. I'll hang out with Sean. That way he doesn't feel separate. And then, you know, we'll kind of, like, work it out. And then, you know, it was during that time I got a chance to kind of talk to Sean and be like, look, man, like, you know – I know you want, you know, to spend time with your mom. I get it, but at the same time like, you know, we kind of have to like be mindful of the fact that like younger individuals are going to need more attention. It's like I have to be like so attentive to the baby because the baby can't do anything. And it's like I have to be a little bit more attentive to like your sister because she's so much younger than you and you know, through this conversation he was able to kind of like, "Oh all right." And he's like, "Oh, and you know, if I you know, if I'm the last one to get, you know, my 4 minutes, and that means I get to stay up later, so now all of a sudden he's kind of he's kind of finding this benefit. But moral of the story is, is again, I could have sat in the room and kind of just be like, you know what, that's your problem. Good luck. I'm going to take care of my, you know, my job for the night, or I can kind of see that situation, intervene in a friendly way, and try to figure out like, hey, how can we do this in a more peaceful way, and you know, ultimately give my wife, I think, what she wants, which is a little bit of, you know of some, you know, peace of mind and some rest during this whole situation. So long, long, you know, answer response to or a long like kind of situation that I want to walk through. But I just think this is something that, again, I feel like if you are not there for your partner and if you're not supporting them in a positive way, you are going to ultimately hurt yourself because you're not going to get the support that you need when you really need it. I'll stop. That.
1: Yeah. No. And I love that. And I think that last, that last thing you said is a, is I think one of the main takeaways and something we should we should strive for and again I by no means have like have have perfected that but I want to refine that last part in the sense where like if you make it initiative on your end to make sure that in a genuine and a relative way relative as I defined earlier where Things change day by day, week by week. That your partner is capable and is needed, everyone wins. And I think, especially when it comes to parenting, if you can continue to, again, make your partner feel like they are capable and they are needed, it will just make life so much easier. And sometimes you just have to tell your partner you need that, like we have I was telling you the story and I was kind of joking about it where you know I you you and I were actually traveling a few weeks back and you know my wife um, was taking care of our two kids and um you know I asked her I was like hey like you know how'd everything go um she's like oh yeah we're totally good without you and she (laughs) she was intending to her her intention was like hey I just don't want you to worry like when you go on a work trip go on a work trip but on mine, I'm like, shoot, like, wait, am I not needed? <laughs> so I had to explain to her, like, hey, like you have to like try to to make sure that I feel like I'm needed here. To which then she totally understood. And she's like, yeah, you know, they were they're asking about you, and I just didn't want to I, I didn't want you to feel guilty that you had gone. So again, like I think if you just try to make your partner feel like they are capable and needed when it comes to your children. And then I think the second part, and we can talk about this later, is when it comes to you, right? Like that's I think, an, uh, that's a different type of effort. It's related, but if you can make your partner feel like they individually are capable um, outside of kids and individually needed outside of kids, that's um, another aspect. But on the kids topic, if you can make your partner feel like they're capable and needed, I mean, just it it will I think make everyone's lives. Um, a lot more just enjoyable.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that you said, which I actually really wanted to touch on really quick was, these are kind of, you know, fleeting moments. And I do think it's really important for parents to realize like, yeah, in those moments where you do feel like your child's or they're crying, or they're just not connecting with you, like, this is like a blip in time. And things will continue to change. There's ebbs and flows. So don't feel like, well, you know, it's too late. Like my, my child is totally a mama's boy and they're never going to connect with me. Like I remember using think, th- I used to think that with like my, my son, I used to think like, you know, he, and it was, it was interesting because like, you know, I, I'm a mama's boy, right? Like I kind of felt like that was who I was growing up. And so like the irony is like here, I'm seeing it with my son and I'm thinking like, dude, like what's up? <laughs> but it's like, I guess maybe it's just kind of genetic, but That being said, like now as he's getting older, it's like, man, you just start to realize like there are gonna be things that you're gonna connect with your child, you know, or your son or your daughter that your wife is, or vice versa, or your partner is that vice versa. And I just think it's really important to always think about like this is a continuum and you are on this line, you're on this path, you're gonna have these moments, highs and lows, but that's each day is another day. And to your point, if you want to make it more enjoyable and if you want to make it somewhat more smooth leveraging each other supporting each other helping each other encouraging each other complimenting each other that's just going to make it so much more effective um, versus kind of like using each other against you because again like if you do that then you you kind of may think it gives you that short-term fix but all it's doing is it's undermining your ability as a parent in that situation it's making the child feel like you don't have the authority to really kind of you know, take care of me in this moment. So like, you're using someone else as kind of this scare tactic. And I just truly, truly do not recommend doing that. I think it's better to just either like ask for help, you know, hopefully your partner can kind of do it or, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back. And even if it's your child, like I also kind of had to realize like there's times where I might not even be the best person to satisfy this this child situation. It may be like a grandparent, it may be an aunt, it may be somebody else. And you have to just be okay with that because in the grand scheme of things, you're, you're just one, you know, you're just kind of one piece on the, on, on the chessboard of your child's life. So I'll leave it at that.
1: Cool. Yeah. I like that. I think it's a great way to end.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks everyone again. And we will talk to you next week. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed The Empathetic Man. Our goal is to help you on your journey to become more empathetic and ultimately become the best version of yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to share it with your family, your friends, your network. Anyone who you think is looking to become more empathetic, they can be a man, woman, it doesn't matter. The goal here is to help the world be more empathetic one step at a time. Now, we would also love your feedback. If you can, give us your feedback on the Apple iTunes. You can give us your comments as well as you can rate this podcast. That way we can get more viewers and more people thinking about how they can become more empathetic. Thank you again so much and we'll talk to you soon, bye.